It is the end of summer and we finally are back in the motion of the fight system. So Reggie, man, how has it been for you over there dealing with all this corona and everything as a fighter? Because I've talked to a lot of fighters and it's, it's been really weird. So how are you going about preparing for this uh, upcoming fight? Well, I haven't fought since February, so I'm, I'm super anxious and also super excited to finally get, be getting back in the squared circle. As far as training goes, I own my own gym, so I haven't stopped training. Uh, I've been training the whole time, but now we've just kicked it up in the, another notch because we, we definitely know we're locked in for some action September 11th. So I got I to gotta ask you a couple of questions here. First off, you've been in BKFC. This is going to be, what, your fourth fight now, right? My fifth fight. I'm four. Wow. Four so what, what's different for uh, BKFC? Like, how do you like how they run things? Because, you know, I know a lot of fighters over there, and they say, you know, this is the real, like, hold on. This is the real question. Why BKFC? Why bare knuckle over MMA, over kickboxing, over Muay Thai, over boxing? Why bare knuckle? What? Well, I mean, I, I love fighting. You know, I've always had that little bit of street fighter in me. And I've always loved bare-knuckle fighting. So, especially when they said it was going to be legal and sanctioned, I'm like, yeah, I definitely need to be in on that. And I was, you know, grateful enough to take part in the first ever legal sanction event. And the rest has been history, you know. So, I've always went out there and put on and put on a great show. When lose or draw, my fights are always exciting and amazing. So, I just, I just love the sport. I love doing it. So what do you know about your opponent? Do you like looking a little bit into your I'm going to ask you a lot more questions outside of fighting because there's a lot I have written down. But I want to know a little bit about how you prepare for fights. I mean, uh, do you know anything about your upcoming opponent? Um, yeah, uh, I'm fighting Abdul Velasquez. This fight has been one in the making for a while. We've circled around each other in the division. We've pretty much fought everybody except for each other. So it's really time for us, I guess, to, for this fight to manifest. But... Abdul knows what to expect from me. I know what to expect from him, and we're going to see who can implement what they're best at. The best, <laughs> if that makes any sense. So. It does. Have you, you guys came face-to-face -face or talked uh, before in the past, before you knew the fight was going on, or when the fight was kind of building? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like we are on no... I mean, a couple of the other fighters in the division, I definitely... I, I, I do not like, and I, you know want to punch them in the mouth and I can't wait for it. Abdul is not one of those guys. I have the utmost respect for him, but at the same time, this is a business. This is what I love to do. And you're in my way of accomplishing my goal, which is getting another shot at the title. So I'm going to go in there and punch him in the mouth and beat him into submission, just like I did my last opponent in February. This is going to be at bantamweight, correct? Uh, 135. Yeah, yeah. 135 pounds. So listen, man. I have a couple of questions for you. I've been obsessed with 60 Days In. I don't know if you've ever seen that show on A&E. Definitely, where... definitely. I, my, my wife watches it from time to time. I kind of giggle and laugh at some of the shit that takes place on there. Excuse my language. <laughs> no, you can say whatever you want in here. We're on iTunes, YouTube. Uh, I already made it so kids aren't allowed to listen. So what, what do you mean by that? Because, man, I'm four seasons in right now and I, I can't stop watching because I've been to rehabs before in the past I've been to jail but not like that in the sense where you're there for months so uh, I've been to I've been to one rehab before I think it was uh, either a 60 day uh, rehab detox for alcohol and 
um, it, it, that didn't really stick for me when I came home. You know, I kind of got in. Def- I won't say kind of. I definitely got into some more trouble. And then I ended up de- uh, getting into a lot of trouble. And I, I did some real time. You know, I've been in a jail. Um, the Virginia Beach jail is the worst jail in in history. I absolutely hate it. Um, it's worse than being in prison in itself. And so when I see those shows and I watch, you know, the so-called drama and what's going on in there, some of it is real and then a lot of it is just so far far so you're like man that shit doesn't really take place yeah um and then i have seen some really just outlandish crazy shit especially um up north when i was initially going into the system you're actually from uh virginia beach correct yeah i mean uh i was born in chesapeake i grew up in virginia beach I lived in Maryland for a little while, but yeah, 757 is my home. That's where I was born and raised. So, so, well, yeah, I lived back down here in Chesapeake. So. What was that like, though, going in there and, you know, being a fighter? I mean, how long did it take for people to realize that you were a fighter, or did you kind of make that known? Um, I mean, you don't really go in there trying to... Let's see, when I initially got in, it wasn't really something that I tried to broadcast. And, you know, some guys, they try to try you, and there's always, you know, those guys that are going to try to isolate the people who aren't really with anybody or seem like they're kind of weak. And I don't know why people always had that perception of me, especially when I was a kid, being bullied and shit. And I'm not that, but I just, I don't I don't want to fight unless I have to or unless you're going to pay me good for it, even though I can't fight. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I, so at a certain point, you know, I had to let them know what's up and that if you did cross that line, I was going to put them. You know, put your head through a fucking wall or some shit like that. So, how but, long were you um, in there I for? You, I can tell you one one story. I was at receiving at Powhatan, which um, I don't know if anybody's ever been in, in, or seen the movie Shawshank Redemption. Of course. I, I think I think I was like maybe mm, 23, 24 years old, and they pulled up to Powhatan, and I swear to goodness, that's what it looked like, like a scene out of Shawshank Redemption. You know, so. Now, here I am, scared shitless, da 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 But long story short, one of the intervals, me being here, this guy pulled me aside, and we were, like, right underneath the staircase and had already been warned by some other prisoners, you know, don't don't be hanging out by the staircase, don't get caught under the staircase. And the, Wait, you know, why? Why, Reggie? Because it was, like, out of range of all the cameras and all the security, like, right. couldn't see what would happen underneath the staircase. You know, and he just happened to stop me right when I was going by there. And he starts asking me a question, you know, and his posture shifted a little bit. So I already knew what was going to happen. In mid-sentence, I just stopped him. I said, hey, man, let's not stand right here. It's not safe for you at all. And he looked at me. And, like, the look on his face was, like, utter shock. Like, did, did I know what he was about to do? Or was it really not safe for him? Or, you know, what was I doing? You know, but I mentioned what's on. Like, it was not, I wasn't worried about what was going to happen to me. It was not safe for him at that point in time. And, and that was just one of the few instances. But really, uh, if you keep to yourself and, and just don't get involved in the, the, I guess, the, what do we call it, the low, lively shit on the inside, then you don't, you don't find too much trouble. Now, were you a fighter going in there, like a professional fighter, amateur fighter going into jail? Yes, I was. I was I was a ranked amateur fighter. Uh, 2012, I went in, and I had I held in my area two of the local 135-pound belts, and I was striving for 
one of the other ones. I was trying to be undisputed in my area and have all three of the local uh, MMA syndicates belts. <laughs> and um, I had won my my title, you know, to earn my title fight shot, and then I went to prison. And like I said, I went to receiving, and then I ended up, uh, I took a bargain when I went to court, and I asked for more time so that I could go to a, a camp that was closer to home. Uh, <laughs> and uh, everybody in the courtroom, the judge, you know, they thought I was crazy, but I, I just uh, knew that I needed a change in my life. And, you know, if it was going to benefit me to do their program and to be closer to my family, if I was going to have to be in prison, then, you know, I was willing to sacrifice some more of my time. So I did what I had to do. And, you know, the guys in there, they knew not to fuck with me. Uh, there was a guy in there, another story, his name was Banger. And there is a there is a Facebook group, you know, called the Indian Creek Guys or whatever that was, and they were talking about it. And Banger was about I'm not exaggerating, he's about six two, a good two hundred and twenty, two hundred and thirty pounds. He was a lean guy. And they had boxing gloves and you know, and a little BS bag in there and the guys were in there sparring and somebody mentioned that, you know, I was an MMA fighter and a boxer and a couple of my friends I actually ended up incarcerated with. Wow. So these guys, you know, we trained together in the gym, you know, in prison. And, you know, they seen us working out. Well, Banger was like, oh, spar with me, spar with me. And, you know, I'm everybody sees how big I am. I'm, I'm five foot five, five, six on a good day, but I'm 135, 140 pounds. So uh, it really was not a fair match at all. But, you know, I humbled myself and I said, all right, well, if we're going to do this, you have to do one pro round, you know, three minutes. One professional boxing round, three minutes. So we start sparring, and this man hit me with the right hand from hell. Really? I mean, it 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 shook me to the bottom of my feet, and I just grabbed him, pushed him against the wall, and circled out and got my bearings. And he came at me again, and I just moved and moved and moved and moved. And by the time I knew it, he was he was breathing heavy. And then he bent over and he put his hands on his knees. He's like, all right. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, all right, I think I'm done, man. And I was like, yo, my buddy Vaughn, I was like, time? He's like, 47 seconds. I was like, that's plenty of time. And I went to work on his ass. And I beat his ass from one end of the gym to the other. <laughs> this, you know, you know what? Like Body shots, body shots, body shots. And, and the COs didn't say shit. The other inmates were all cheering, and, and it was, and at the end of it, I stopped, and I took off the glove, and I just extended my hand, and he shook my hand, you know, we dapped up, and that was kind of, like, solidified for me on the inside, like, they were like, don't fuck with him, we literally came in here and pretty much handled one of the biggest dudes on the camp, so. Well, hold on, oh, Reggie, hold on, you had gloves? I mean, they had to be, like, uh, you know, wrapped up t-shirts or something, right? They were like those old school leather, like Everlast, <laughs> not even freaking four or, you know what I mean? Like those, uh, like those old school. They belong in a museum. Yeah. Brown and black gloves, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly. I could picture it in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> those were the kind of gloves I was sparring with in prison. You know, so bare knuckle ain't shit, though. <laughs> So listen, a after going through that, what changed you as a, as a fighter? I'm sure going through that experience of going through jail and always having to be ready for a fight. I mean, 
Well, let me let me back up a little bit. Was jail everything you thought of? Did you think you were going to have to actually fight a bunch of times, or uh, you know, what were you thinking going in there compared to when you came out? What surprised you the most? I'll be honest. There was only two times in my, I, I want to say altogether, I probably did about close to four years. Wow. You know, with the whole in and out. Wow. Um, and there was only two times I actually really, truly got into altercations. Like, truly, like, the thing with Banger, you know, that was all respect fun. We were in the, you know, the gym sparring and whatnot. Um, one of the times was in, like I said, Virginia Beach City Jail. A bigger dude tried to punk me, you know, the whole, you know, you're going to, give me this da, 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 da. we ended up just getting in a little tussle and they just took me out the block and moved me and then another time was when I was at receiving and me and this kid had been going at it for about a week and and I, and I tried to keep my composure you know, I didn't want to get in trouble and then finally it just I don't know this just just, I don't know. I can't even explain it. I was playing a chess game, and he came over and just pretty much knocked our pieces off the table. Oh. And the whole thing is, you know, you go into the cell and blah, 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 and, you know, that's when they settle it. And, and they were like, take it in the cell, take it in the cell. And he started walking up the stairs, and I kicked off my shoes, and I started walking up the stairs. And for some reason, man... I swear to goodness, and, and this is for anybody out here who may have the same experience, I felt the hand of God pull the back of my jumpsuit, and he said, no, son, I got a bigger fight for you. I swear to goodness. And I stopped. And I wanted to kill that man. I really, really did. I, if I would have went in that cell, I probably would have spent the rest of my life in prison for beating him to death with my hands. And, and, and I felt that tug on my jumpsuit, and I just stopped, and I walked back down the stairs, and I sat down. And for like the next two and a half weeks, you know, I dealt with everybody calling me a bitch and a pussy. And, you know, I couldn't really fight and da, 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 and trying to try me. And finally, I got moved to the other side of classification. But and but I did have he had a bigger fight for me. You know, I'm fighting bare knuckle in front of the entire world, and, and I'm a I'm a I'm a story. You know, I went through the fucking ringer. I did some things that I'm not proud of. Uh, I've been through some shit, but. I get to share with the world what the power of overcoming can do for you. So sorry if I rambled a little No, you didn't. This is this this is what I need from fighters. You make it so easy because this is what people want to hear. But the one thing I'm gonna say is you should change your name to you know Reggie Not So Easy E Barnett. Because life hasn't been so easy for you, it sounds it sounds like now it's been easy. It seems like now is is kind of like you're laying in a bed where you kind of found yourself within the fight game like you built up the anger the energy but it also feels like you don't really have that much anger there either you just sound like a real og like you sound like somebody that's been through it and you just love fighting it's not like you're fighting out of anger or anything or am i wrong no i'm not i'm not fighting out a place of 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 anger i'm i'm fighting out of it sounds crazy a place of contentment and reason because Back in the day, the, my biggest opponent was myself. You know, um, we chatted a little bit. Like I said, I've been rec- uh, uh, my main problem was I was an alcohol. I was an alcoholic and I was a drug dealer and I did a little bit of gang banging and my life just completely spiraled out of control. And I originally got arrested, man. I was just out drunk driving, delivering some drugs, and I drove off the road. 
you know, and I deserved everything that came to me. But I was so young and ignorant that I didn't really understand it. And so I didn't man up and, and do the things that were expected to me. So the road to getting to where I am now was filled with just so much Man, there are stories we could go into. We'll have to talk on a whole nother time. Just so much more turmoil and chaos. And not just for my life, but the life of the people around me and the people that love me. I mean, my dad built a gym to keep me out of prison, and I wow. still went. You know, so when I got out, it was like, well, one, if I'm going to fight, you know, because I took a fight three days out of prison, and I was beating Thomas Blair's ass, and then he caught me with that head kick, and he ended my dreams hopes you know and i think that was that make or break me point in my life though really god was like well you worked so hard and that's what you wanted and i didn't give it to you what you gonna do you gonna go back to your old fucking ways you're gonna keep pushing forward and me i was just like man i'm just gonna keep trucking forward but i ain't i ain't i ain't doing that shit for free no more that's what that was the only thing i said i wasn't getting kicked in the head for free no more you know and so now it's not out of place of anger it's a place of contentment and i'm able to give and be there for the people around me that care about me and love me and then people out there in the world that i I don't really really know but that believe in me and believe in my work and my skill and my talent now i can i can be a voice for them and hopefully encourage and inspire them through whatever the fuck they're going to do in life because we still go through look at the world today man everybody's going through some shit on a daily basis that that's one thing I'm trying to get used uh, used to. I've been sober going on four years now, and it, it's it's hard dealing with real life problems when you spend you know every day running away from it your whole life. So now it's just like you hear stories like this. This is why I do this. Uh, it, look at you, bro, from prison to pay per view. That's yeah, crazy. That's what they said, prison to pay per view. And I and there was a point in my life when I was so hopeless and so down and out that I didn't. I didn't think that I was even going to live to to be 25 and here we almost are a decade later. So, you know, and, and I can inspire, like I said, I can inspire other people and, and look back at the road that I went through and know that every single thing that I went through is okay. I'm okay with it. I accept it because it made me the person I am and it makes me able to go out there and put on the way I do. Everything that happened makes me the fighter that I am, you know? If, if some of the shit that I went through in life didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have got up off the canvas versus Johnny. I know it for a fact. You know that that I don't know if you went and watched that fight. You know, and that was I've watched every BKFC since. That was, the, that was one of the toughest losses of my life, and it's okay. You know, I've come to terms with it, and and I've looked and I've taken the personal victories out of it. But I also know that the things that I went through in life, had I not gone through them. I would not have gotten up off that fucking canvas as many times as I did. And so I'm cool with that. Win, lose, or draw. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't lay down. I just didn't lay down like I used to when I was a drunk and, and just take what was ever going to come to me. <laughs> Do you feel like you always had heart or is that something that you had to learn through life? Like maybe you had heart, but you learned it from realizing that, you know, I got, I got to stand up for myself. I got to, cause there, there's times where, you know, even people that suffer from depression who didn't get punched in the face or kicked in the head, they can't get out of bed here. You are, you know, on, on the canvas, you find that will go explain. Can you explain to the listeners out there? What uh, goes through your head in that moment? What makes the decision for you to actually get up and what for? For me, um, I, I've always had heart. 
but like you said, you kind of you develop. It's it's like any other kind of skill or muscle or whatever. You develop more of it the more you use it. Does that make sense? And so when you find the, yourself in these situations, whether it's by your own fault or just you know happenstance in life, where where it forces you to to use that heart and 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 make the the tough decisions are you going to get up are you going to push through are you going to deal with whatever is in front of you you know each time you you deal with it a little bit more and sometimes it's so hard i've suffered from depression myself days where it's like man i don't want to go to work i don't want to train i don't even want to be a dad today i'm sure people deal with that and and if any man out here sits there and and can't admit that to himself that that is one of the, the hardest things for men sometimes to admit that you know, we, we have those moments, but we also learn to deal with them and and we accept life for what it is and we figure out ways around with, with what's in our way and we keep pushing forward. And when there's a roadblock, sometimes you can't push what's in your way, but you can find a way around it and keep pushing forward. And every time you move forward, even if it's just a centimeter at a time, if you look at those small victories, for me anyway, for me anyway, Sometimes just those small victories help propel me forward and forward, and at the end of the road, there's a big victory. Wow. that that That's a clip right there. Fight Church with Reggie Barnett Jr. and Evil Eddie. Right there. How about that? And you know what? You know, going further than, you know, what it takes to get up, I know that you got a big heart because you're obsessed with animals like I am, man. I got a ton of pet rat. Well, I did. Now I got three left. But you got, like, a painter turtle and, like, two crazy giant fish. Do you still have? Uh, yeah. I have a red belly slider. I found him in the wild. Actually, he was the size of a quarter when wow. I found him. I almost crushed him at work, and I wow. felt so bad. And I was going to release him in the wild, and I was like, man, he might die. And so we put him on the dashboard of the truck, and we were like, we'll figure out what to do with him later. When we got back in the truck, he was gone. No. disappeared no. so it took us like 20 minutes to find him and I was like I'm just going to take you home and we named him Dash and he went from the size of a quarter to the size of a small dinner plate yeah I saw I saw uh, photos on your Instagram uh, which yeah. will be in the link below if you guys want to follow Reggie on IG um, yes, I, I thought you. that was crazy man because I had painter turtles when I was growing up and I, I love animals. So that just shows what kind of a person you are. Even though you're a fighter, you're a real person. Now you're, you're saying you're a father. How old are your children? My daughter just turned, celebrated her 12th birthday. And my son is three months. Um, he's, he's a baby, baby. You know, So that's the, the heir to 757 and, and everything educated him. I want to you know, make a way for him to live, um, I, you know, just, you know be able to take season whatever advantages are out there for him in life and become whatever he wants to be. Everybody's like, oh, do you want to be a fighter? And I'm like, hell no. Fighting's a rough life. How do you explain that to your children? I've asked a ton of fighters this and everybody has a, a different way of going about it. Have you had that talk with your daughter now that you know she's older? Has she been to your fights? Yeah, definitely. She's um, she's seen me win. She's seen me lose. She's seen me, you know, lose in in horrible fashion. Uh, um, it, you know, what was that like for you? Traumatic for a child, but she understands also why I fight. You know, the the why one for my family, two for the greater cause, and then three. She understands dad has a passion for fighting and training. So. 
Now, it's really hard, especially for, for girls right now, if they have a father or, or a boy. You know, if my father was a fighter, I'd probably be picking fights at school. So, you know, that, that's got to be uh, eye-opening for her now that she's older to, uh, you know, go into school, go into high school. Do, do you feel like she has a stance on that? Like you're, you're kind of her backup or uh, something that she kind of brag about? Or do you feel like there's more of a respect, like this is my father's job and it's not about fighting. It's it's about respect for people. Like this this is not, f- like, how do you think she feels about it, really? Um, there's, there's, we, we have... We have drawn the line and explained her the, the showbiz aspect of it, but also the martial arts and discipline aspect of it. And because she does some sorts of grappling, she likes to do jujitsu and she does a little bit of judo. She's not as well trained as some other kids, but she will participate. But I explained it to her that what I do is a job and it's a profession. And then as far as our martial arts training, now let's do it and still self-discipline ourselves. And so we don't just go out looking for fights we aren't bullies but we will stand up for other people and we will defend ourselves if we have to and i will be honest there's been two cases where my daughter has had to take care of her business and that's just you know it's just life sometimes so it's it's brutal now for kids with with social media and everything but like you know the reason i asked that going back to 60 days in we saw muhammad ali's daughter who's a social worker you know, a fighter and then, you know, the daughter's a social worker. It's two different aspects or two different uh, two different ends, really. So, you know, that that was an in- interesting thing. Do you go fishing with her a lot? I, I realize that you like to fish. Do you bring her fishing? Or she, she loves to go fishing with me, and she's, like, kind of tomboyish in that retrospect. She doesn't have a problem touching the fish, hooking her own worm, none of that. But, yeah, I do a lot of fishing, a lot of freshwater fishing. We catch everything, man. Bass, crappy, catfish. Um, hurts, bluegill, brim. I mean, yeah, the list just goes on. This is the summer to go fishing. So getting back into uh, fight questions in, in the last couple of minutes of this, man, you're, you're, you're coming off a win, TKO 146 in round two, and, you know, Matt Murphy, uh, February 15th. Uh, you know, your previous two fights went to unanimous decision, one win, one loss, three BK, or you said four? Four BKFC fights. This is going to be your fifth one. What are you doing different for, for this camp? Are you, are you trying to push for a finish in this camp? Uh, oh, everything is finished from now on, man. I'm not I'm not for extending myself for long, drawn-out fights anymore. Like I said, I broke Matt Murphy's will in a minute and a half, and a lot of people got to see that. No disrespect to Abdul. I know he's a game opponent. I, if, it's a, if it's a chess match then it favors him, you know. If, if, if it is a chess match, it favors Abdul. If it's a complete annihilation, it favors me, and so that's what I'm looking for in every fight now, is to just go in there, put him out, and move on to the next one. I'm, I don't want to take any more damage. I don't want to extend, you know, the use of my knuckles. I'm trying to save them for my next title fight. <laughs> this is a really big question, and I think it will do a lot of good for BKFC uh, viewers out there, or or any fight fans, you know, explain the difference in damage between BKFC and MMA because my co-host James McSweeney from uh, season ten of Ultimate Fighter uh, made it perfect. He basically told me that you know even though it looks bloody, it looks bla- uh, nasty, there's no real internal damage. It's all out you know e- exterior damage. How would you explain the difference in damage with you know? He, he kind of hit it on the head on the nail. 
So I'll explain it. And somebody asked me this question the other day, and it was reference to which punches hurt worse. I'm going to, and I'll be honest, boxing hurts worse. And the reason why is because you sustain more blunt force trauma in a boxing match, which means, right, that the guy can hit you in the same spot as hard as he wants to over and over and over again, which absorbs into your body, right? And that becomes, like you said, internal damage, right? It's not possible with the bare knuckle. Even even when you see the fights where the guys are, it's the you know the street fight bare knuckle fights where the guys have been at beating on each other for 20, 30 fucking minutes. The Kimbo like, fights. All that, all that shit is cosmetic. <laughs> Unless your all eye that shit pops is out. Mostly cosmetic, <laughs> and the reason why is because a bare knuckle punch doesn't pierce you to the core. It doesn't. It's more like a slash like slashing so rather than like when you get hit with a with a with like a, a knee or elbow or a kick to the head it's like taking a a freaking you know a samurai sword and just slicing into somebody's skull with that shit you know what i mean yeah but when you take a knife or take a bare knuckle punch it's just like stabbing them quite a few times you know it's more cosmetic than anything and if you treat it they're not gonna bleed out you know which I, I think is crazy because, you know, one, one of the first interviews I ever did was with Bobby Gunn, uh, you know, a legend and, and bare knuckle. And he was telling me there's different ways. Uh, like, this is really an art bare knuckle because you got to punch in certain ways in certain areas. Yes. Is that yes. what you're learning? I mean, can you kind of ex- explain on what uh, Bobby was kind of right, mentioning? So we as human beings, we all know that there are some certain areas on the human body, one. Um, and there are certain nerve endings on the human body. Two. And then three, we know that a fist, your hands are more brittle, are the most brittle bones in your body, actually, your fist and your feet. Right? So if you try to hit something with the most brittle part, the hardest parts, you're going to end up breaking your hands. And so you aim for those vital and those soft points on a person's body. And then also there's a, there's a technique. I'm not giving this away. I'm sorry, you're not going to get me to give it away. <laughs> to actually punching bare knuckle um, with it, like actually in the action of fighting, like while you're in the process of it, it it's a technique that you can use to absorb the, the damage within your hands. So, And I didn't learn that in my first bare knuckle fight. I broke both my hands fighting Travis Thompson in the second round. Wow. And I still fought all, all five rounds, the last three rounds of broke hands. So people that are watching the stream right now, they see both of my arms are, are wrapped up. I got hand injuries right now, and I can't even imagine what it's got to be like fighting with no gloves on, with two broken hands. I mean, what's it like in there? Do you know that they're broken? What does it feel like? That, my All last right, question. So, like I said, the second round, I hit him with a beautiful left uppercut, right hook. I thought he was going to go to sleep. And he just ate them shits and kept coming forward. And, and I knew he was an animal, truly. It was like made of something different. Because most people I hit with, I mean, I hit them dead to rights with it. But I didn't, it didn't really set into the third round. And I went in the corner. I said, Dad, I think after this, I said, I think my left hand's broke. And he said, well, use your right. So I went out and I started throwing more jabs and right hooks. And I went back in the fourth round. I was like, yeah, I think both of them were broke. He was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I guess I'm just going to fight. And so if you watch the fight, I kind of coasted the fourth round. And then in between the fifth round, he's like, you got enough in you to finish the fight? And I was like, I think so. And he goes, all right, we'll go ahead and get them on out of there. 
so in the beginning of the fifth round of the Travis Thompson fight, I jumped on him like the first 20 seconds. I, I threw probably like 15 punches in 20 seconds. And I hit him with not all of them, but quite a few of them. And every punch I hit him with hurt me just as much as it hurt him. And I started, because I hit him clean that he, I was going to finish the fight. And he just ate him and looked at me. And I was like, all right, I'm fucking done with you, Travis. My hands hurt. I, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I'm done with you, bro. <laughs> so, but I just, yeah. And then you saw at the end of the fight, they were looking at my hands. They were swollen. So I did a little, you know, suspension. I got them x-rayed. I had a, a, a mild fracture on both of them. So, but we healed up when we go back to it. But you learn from that. And so my last fights, I didn't break my hands. I adjusted. I learned how to punch. I learned where to punch. And so, you know. my My last question is, you know, I've bought every pay-per-view that BKFC has had. Uh, even the, the nights that there's UFC events, I got two TVs going. Some of my boys won't come over for UFC or Bellator. They'll come over for bare knuckle. They'll constantly ask me for bare knuckle. So what can my boys and all my listeners and all the BKFC fans out there expect when you step in there? When I step in there? Yeah. Fireworks. Fireworks. It's always fireworks. It does not matter who I fight. It's always fireworks. It's always exciting. Some And, and blood. Somebody's going to believe. Whether it's me or my opponent, you can always expect some blood. Every last one of my fights, not one of my opponents have left unscathed. So all of even the championship fight I lost, Johnny did not leave that squared circle unscathed. So you can expect fireworks and blood. Always tune in, especially on a BKFC card that Reggie Easy Barnett is on. Some other great fights on the card. My home is the girl, Christine Pereira. I cannot. Yes, misfit. Tom Sohoff is coming back. Oh man, Joe Elmore. And him are fighting. I cannot wait to see that fight. And there's a couple other great fights on the card, man. Shout so out to sure Misfit. Like I said, fireworks and blood. There will be blood. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, guys. You don't want to miss it. It's going down September 11th in Florida. Is that correct? Yes, September 11th in Florida. That, that's that got to be crazy for you. I mean, that's a big day for America. Um, So, you know. I, when they gave me the date, I was, I was a little apprehensive. Of all that date, that date, and then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna fight for my country. You know, I'm gonna go on and I'm gonna put on a show for my country. We've been going through some things. Everybody's, you know, been kind of stuck indoors, and we're just getting back to really getting the ball rolling on this. So why not? You know, the Tito Ortiz way. Why don't we celebrate for all those people? And I'm gonna go out and put on an awesome, fiery fight for them and, and a great finish. Reggie, I could talk to you for hours, man. I mean, yeah, I even I know, have so man. many more questions. I'm so fired up for this fight. We got to catch up after yeah, you go in there. Again, man. Definitely. And listen, man, I, I wish you best of luck. I will be tuning in. I will be sending uh, all my listeners over to your Instagram. For everybody out there, this is what I usually do at the end of an interview. I hand the imaginary microphone over to you. If you have any shout-outs, sponsors, anything, the floor is now oh all gosh. yours. I have so many sponsors. So I just brought on a new sponsor today. Cryo Spa, uh, Virginia Beach. They do full body cryo treatments. Absolutely amazing. Um, let's see, Tribal International. I just got my brand new custom 757 gloves. Absolutely loving those. Doing the driving school. They're helping me because we're not flying because of COVID. So we're driving down to Florida. So they're looking out, you know, for transportation. Man, oh, goodness gracious. Let's see, uh, my homies over at Matt. Oh, man, I think we just lost Reggie. 
So listen, we're gonna have all of his sponsors down below. We cannot wait for this fight, September 11th. What a day to have it on. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are gonna be pacing around their head, especially here on the East Coast. That's a really rough time for everybody. And what better way to do it, especially if you love sports, if you've never watched BKFC, you are missing out. Just hop on Twitter, just use hashtag BKFC and you're gonna see all the excitement. You're gonna see all the highlights. So I would really wanna thank Reggie Easy Barnett Jr. and his manager, Kim. Mercy, who you guys can expect in a little bit because we're going to be running down some MMA news, followed by some real talk with Mercy. So stay tuned, subscribe to the YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, Citrus, Spotify. We'll be back. All right, what's going on, guys? I'm back with some MMA news for everybody. I know that I put you guys on pause for a little bit, but what a crazy weekend. We had UFC 252 go down, and it feels like yesterday was UFC 200. It feels like... Jesus, it feels like, not that, it doesn't feel like, what, 10, 11, 12, or more years since UFC 100, I can't even remember UFC 100, the year, it doesn't feel that long ago, but uh, today has been a really hard day for me, I know it's been a minute since I checked in with everybody here for Pure Eve MMA Podcast, we just got ranked number 101 in the world under sports and Apple iTunes, and we just gained 1,200 new followers, on our YouTube channel. So I want to thank anybody here that's new. In case you don't know, I'm Eveletti from Pure Evil MMA, PureEvilMMA.com. Uh, I had to shut that music off. PureEvilMMA.com. That had to... Uh, we're, we're starting over. We're starting over. It's been a crazy year. 2020 has been a really weird year for everybody. And listen, MMA, back in action. UFC 252 going down. Stipe versus... DC three and I'll never forget the first time watching DC for Stipe. I interviewed uh, DC striking coach over at AKA Rosendo Sanchez, and he kind of called what was going to happen. He said, "I'm not I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to tell you right now. I won't be surprised if he gets a knockout. I've seen what he's been doing with the gym. We've been bringing guys into AKA, and I'm just blown away at DC striking skills. He goes in there." He knocks out Stipe. The next fight, DC loses. The next fight, DC loses. So it's it's kind of like, you know, DC told us that he was going to retire, what, like three years ago in January? Never happened. Uh, I don't want to see this guy go anywhere, but at the same time, uh, if he does retire, it's got to be hard leaving with that chip on your shoulder. But then again, you can't get the fight with John Jones now. You lost twice. You can't get the fight with Stipe. You lost twice but still one of the greatest of all time. If you guys go back and watch him just coming into the UFC, I remember being so upset about this guy uh, coming in here and just slamming dudes on their head that I had so much respect for. It, it was out of control. Go look at DC's record. Matter of fact, let's go look at DC's record right now. I'm going to bring you guys to the React channel, and let, let's take a little trip over to Tapology, one of the one of the best sites. If you guys are new to the sport, you're just you know a new fan the last year or two. Tapology.com is where it's at. We used to have a thing called UFC uh, Pick'em, where we'd make our you know our, our little predictions over there, and we'd celebrate on Twitter using hashtag Pure Evil MMA. And that disappeared for some odd reason. Makes no sense. But now Tapology has it. Uh, kind of the same thing, not as exciting, but still. We can still unite under there. So message me on Twitter at evil under dash echo. That's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O if you want to join our Pick'em League and you'll get a shout out on the next podcast. Okay, so DC's record, last two losses to Stipe. Before that, he beat Derek Lewis, 
Rear Naked Choke, round two. Before that, he beat Stipe. TKO, round one. Before that, Volcan. TKO, round two. Before that, no contest because the John Jones, even though it was a head kick knockout, which was crazy, man. I mean, if you're looking at John Jones right now, uh, you're, you're probably wondering if you've seen his tweet. I just tweeted it out. Let me read it for you guys. He says the late heavyweight division is cleared. You know, he did have that very close fight. They want to rebook it, but he's done with it. He wants that money fight. And the way to get into that money fight is to call a super fight. Now, a lot of people on Twitter, when I tweeted this out, they're freaking out. They're going, he doesn't deserve it. Look at the heavyweight division. It's better than it's been in years. Let's go back to 2015 and look how stale that division. I mean, I mean, Jesus, being a heavyweight. For fans to say it's easy. You're fighting some of the toughest guys on the planet. Everyone is basically a gatekeeper. <laughs> We've seen the same faces for so long. Then we get a whole new roster of heavyweights that come through. Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis, two of the top guys in that thing. DC going through that damn thing. I wouldn't mind watching fight Francis. I wouldn't mind watching John Jones, even though John Jones, man, that would give me a heart attack. I, I can't remember another fight recently where I was at the edge of my sheet, ed, ed, edge of my seat, about to shit my pants because Steve Pavers, Francis Ngannou, when Francis was coming off that Overeem, you know, knockout where I thought he broke his neck. I remember watching that live and I had to walk out the room because it was just so upsetting to see I, Francis is a scary man, and, and Dana White recently said about two weeks ago that he will be next in line, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see Stipe versus Francis too. But John Jones, throwing himself in the mix, wants the pay. And he tweets, oh, Kim's calling me, the manager. Uh, I've had only three close fights in the last decade. It's safe to say the late heavyweight division has been cleared. Now I enter the heavyweight division, when it's at its all-time best, dot, dot, dot. And if you go back to look what Dana White had to say not too long ago, he said, we are in talk with John Jones. We don't know if he's going to fight by the end of this year, but we are in talk. We're waiting to hear back from a matter of fact. So that's something excited going on. Let me know on Twitter if you guys want to see that fight from Stipe versus John Jones, or you think he doesn't deserve that right now. But either way, UFC needs money. The fans are not buying tickets. There's no... Uh, you know, money coming in from even parking. So this has got to be really difficult. Even Bellator that's going down right now, they're denying a bunch of people and only allowing a couple of uh, media members in because times are crazy right now. The spacing is crazy. And if you don't have a million followers, shout out to Lewis, if you don't have a million followers on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever, you're probably not going to get in. So listen, guys, we got some fight announcements. But before that, let's talk about some UFC releases. Ray Borg. Ray Borg has been cut from the UFC. And what a legend he has been for anybody out there that is looking for an extra strength of hope. Uh, you know, fighting through hard times. This man has been through so much. Even getting ready for fights. I can imagine if your opponent comes in, you know, missing weight or whatever. Ray Borg, man. I I'm interested to see what happens to him. Although... Also, Beth Cohea, that's why I had to say it like that. Beth Cohea, um, kind of kind of strange that she got released, in my opinion, because every time that she fights, I usually tune in because who can forget 
that Betchkohea basically killed the four horsewomen, right? Was that what it was called, the Ronda Rousey crew? Until she got to Ronda Rousey, and we know how that ended. Really, the last good fight Ronda, well, the last good fight Ronda ever had, and then she picked up that fight with Holly Holm, and what was it, two, three months later, and we saw the downfall of Ronda Rousey. So, Betchkohea... Wouldn't be surprised if you get signed to Bellator. All right, so some fight announcements. Max Holloway versus Calvin Guitar set for Fight Night 177. Uh, got that from ESPN. Also, Robbie Lawler versus Neil Magny. Not surprised they signed this. Uh, it's been a weird couple of years since, you know, we saw Robbie Lawler at his best. Takeaway Ben Askren fight. Uh, I believe he did lose a fight to Cowboy Cerrone in a weird way where I thought that Robbie actually won that fight, but I could be mistaken. It, it was one of the recent fights. Um, also, T. Wood versus Kobe, September 19th, which is coming up, guys. And that's a fight that's been brewing for quite some time. If you guys don't know out there, they've been training at the same facility for quite some time. They know each other very well, if I'm not mistaken. Him, T. Wood, and John Jones all live together in college. I think I'm wrong with that. I know him and John did. Maybe not T. Wood, but uh, really interested to see that fight because Kobe has talked it up for quite some time, and I'm dying to see him come back. What a hell of a fight he's had against uh, Kamaru Usman. Uh, Greg Hardy versus Maurice Green for October 31st. Fedor versus Verdun 2 in the works for Bellator. What do you guys have to say about that? Verdun coming off a win over uh, Ga uh, Gastelum off of... Alexander, why, why am I drawing the blank right now? Not Gustafson. Yeah, Gustafson. He's coming off a, a, a win to Gustafson when Gustafson moved up to heavyweight. Wow, what a brain fart I'm having. Uh, Zabit versus Yair in works for October 24th. Uh, same card as Habib versus Justin, Bobby Knuckles versus Jared, and Volkov versus Harris. And in case you guys forgot, because I'm kind of surprised about this, the Mike Tyson fight is coming up really quick with the next two weeks, I believe. And I'm a little... Weird, uh, we, I don't know. I'm a little weird about that fight right now because they are older. But at the end of the day, who's not going to want to watch that fight? If you don't have money to watch the fight, who's not going to go to a bar? If you don't go to the bars, who's not going to look it up online the following morning and watch the highlights on Instagram? I, so this is important to me because now with what I do, uh, my father got me into what I do now because he had friends in radio and going back to my childhood, being on air and interviewing people. Uh, you know, I remember being a young kid and watching Mike Tyson fight like every couple of weeks, really. It felt like every couple of weeks. I got to go back and look, but it felt like every month Mike Tyson was fighting, knocking dudes out. Then we got to Evander Holyfield, and I'll never forget, I was such a big WWF fan. Yes, kids, it was WWF at the time. And I remember everyone screaming in my uncle's living room. I was in front of the table, three feet, not even from the TV, like every kid would do in the 90s because we didn't know the dangers and not knowing if that was real if I was really watching somebody who just got their ear bitten off but there's a Mandela effect uh, to that apparently that never happened which a lot of you guys out there are probably scratching your heads let's let's look it up uh, Mike Tyson versus Evander Holyfield Mandela effect now for this fight I was on Evander's side because my family growing up in a religious background, my grandfather being a deacon, you know, watching him walk out was like, I'm rooting for this guy, Dad. My dad was just like, this is going to be a good fight. We'll see. But uh, 
what happened after that was something we're never going to forget. All right, so let's see. Alternate memories. Mike Tyson's ear bite. Alternate memories. Let's see what this thing has to say. All right, so uh, the bite fight from MMDE. TV show Tyson bite off part of Holyfield's ear. Current. TV didn't show Tyson bite off Holyfield's ear. In 1997, the Evander Holyfield versus Tyson boxing match was billed as The Sound and the Fury. It also notoriously gained another name, The Bite Fight, because Mike Tyson was disqualified for biting Evander Holyfield's ear. Millions across the world saw this. There is no dispute the ear was bitten. However, many remember the TV showing Tyson actually biting a chunk clean off the ear and spitting it out for which there is no record today. Now, I might be crazy. I might be making things up in, our, in, in my head. And you know, there's a bunch of psychology studies on that where we make up memories in our heads that we don't remember that well. But I remember sitting from the TV and being like, this is real? I feel like I remember there was a clip where they zoomed in on the canvas and we saw like a little piece of cartilage and a lot of blood. And they kept replaying it. That's literally my memory and I can see it right now going on in my head that's what I saw and everyone was freaking out I didn't know it was real I, I still thought wrestling was real but that was the night I found out that wrestling wasn't real and this is the real thing because of that because of that incident because before that I think it was a year or two before that we had uh, Mankind versus the Undertaker and the most amazing wrestling fight ever inside the cage and inside Mick, uh, Mick Foley's book, Mankind, Sacco, Head, who, who remembers this? It makes me so nostalgic. That was actually real. And I remember finding that out. Like that was not scripted. Mankind went nuts that night and put on one hell of a show. This was real boxing. This was professional this was something that I believe made me turn away from the acting and became an actual combat sports fan. I mean, I, I watched boxing for years, but going to high school, if you guys remember, I mean, I graduated 2007, 2008. UFC, Ultimate Fighter. That was all we would watch. That's all we would watch. And it blew up. So to see Tyson come back, I wanted. I didn't really want him to see uh, this fight. I wanted to see him fight Holyfield, but it is what it is. I mean, Tyson just had Holyfield on the uh, podcast. Tyson's a completely different person now, but I'm dying to see him get punched in the face because they're both agreed, apparently, to basically making a sparring match. But Tyson's not a sparrer. He's a knockout artist. And once he gets punched in the face... Call all bets off. There's no way his opponent's going to go in there and not think about that. There's no way his opponent's going to run and go, it's just going to be a walk in the park. Guys, I think Tyson's going to get a knockout. I would love to see it, but this man has changed so much. I'm really interested in the fight psychology of what's going into his head because he is not that young kid anymore. He's not out of control. He's really in touch with himself. And anyone out there that, you know, even smokes weed, uh, you know, I've eaten a ton of acid in my day, mushrooms, gone to festivals, uh, became really in touch with myself and 
what makes MMA important to me is basically the story we just had on here with Reggie talking about how he got out of jail from prison to pay-per-view. Those are inspirational because we're all going through hard times. And when we see these fighters go in there and, you know, they're dealing with the stress from home, they're dealing with their, their, their child sick like Ray Borg. Uh, the stories are what keeps me there. That's what keeps me invested. It's not just a 15-fight card. I don't really care about it. I want to see people get knocked out. It's so much more than that. And this is something that really interests me. I think it's going to do really well on pay-per-view. It's not $100. It's $50. Uh, so let me know what you guys think about that. I thought that was really interesting uh, to realize it's coming up in just a couple of weeks. So we're going to be calling Mercy in two minutes. Give her a call in two minutes. Let me finish up the news that I got for you guys. Um, Listen, guys. Sugar Sean O'Malley. Claiming that he was humble from UFC 252. Uh, Cheeto, man. What a vet. What a great game plan with those uh, leg kicks. Little upset, though. Because going into the fight, if you're like me and you had all your boys over and you're trying to explain who each fighter is, and your hype for Sugar Shane and the momentum that's building. And then you see that it's kind of, it sucks, man. It, it really does suck. And then the main event goes to decision. So you know what usually happens with that at the end of the year when you go through, you know, best cards. or what, it, it Basically, it's quickly forgotten about, which, which is really sad because uh, not only did you have an upcoming star in, in Sugar Shane O'Malley, who's been finishing everybody, but also the DC versus Stipe fight not ending the way that everybody wanted to. Um, very, very upsetting. There's been a couple questions. Let me finish this up before we call Mercy. There's been a couple questions that I've been seeing on Twitter. Uh, what are some good fights to show someone who has never watched MMA? And I, I, I keep going back to this and thinking about it. And what I've come up with is there is no one fight that you can show somebody. I feel like you, you kind of need to be in, invested in it. And even if you sit there that day, you know, Savers, you got an hour with your boy, and he wants to watch an MMA fight. And he's like, you know, show me a fight. I, I would say an hour's not long enough. You got to watch the whole card. You got to watch the countdown show. You got to know a little bit about what makes this special. And with that being said, UFC 189, if you're looking for re relevance with faces that you're going to still see step in the octagon, um, that was the card, man. That was the card. Don't just watch... Connor versus Mendez. Great fight. Great fight. Watch the entire thing. I believe every fight on that card was a finish as well. Uh, we saw, I believe, the debut of Cody No Love, if I don't recall correctly. Uh, and he walked out with that that little boy, Colson, or I forgot the kid's name, the kid with cancer. And I remember watching him go in there, do his thing, and, and just be like, this is going to be a big star, which reminds me, he's calling out uh, Sugar Shane O'Malley, and No Love's calling out Peter Young. So we'll see what happens with uh, Cody No Love coming up. But UFC 189, and also, if, if you want to go back, man, go back and watch Matt Hughes versus Trick. All of them. Show them. More than just one fight. Show them what makes it important. Show that, That's a great fight because what Matt was able to do, I'm not going to ruin it. Go and watch that. Um, there, there, there's a ton of great fights out there, but those are my top two that I'm going to pick. Uh, also, Forrest versus Bonner. Who, of course, that's going to be on my list. Uh, Hendo versus Showtime Hua. 
UFC 139, where that's the reason we have five round main events. You know, the, the, this rematch was was a big deal. Uh, John Jones versus Gus won, which is free on YouTube now. Um, Justin Gaethje versus Johnson, the best UFC debut in history. And there were a couple of moments, you know, I was very invested in Justin because I interviewed him when he was at World Series of Fighting a couple of years before he actually got signed to the UFC. And I remember watching the press conference with Justin and Michael, and Michael was literally saying to Justin, this ain't no C-League. And I was going back to uh, my interview with Justin, and he brings that up basically saying, not all the best fighters in the world are signed to the UFC. So you look from five years ago till now, and you see the growth of Justin Gaethje's, who's going to be fighting Khabib. It's crazy, man. It's That was one of the best fights. Also, uh, Gaethje versus Eddie Alvarez, another amazing fight. Uh, they both coached that season Ultimate Fighter. This is how they got everybody used to Justin after that. Uh, Vanderlei Silva versus Brian Stan. Barry versus Congo. Brock versus Carwin. All great fights. So there we go. We're going to call Mercy now. Get into it with her for about 20 minutes. Let's see what uh, Mercy's up to right now. Here we go. What's happening? Marseille. What's going on? Nothing. We're live on air right now. I just finished up uh, the MMA news. There's a lot going on in the world. Bellator's live right now. Oh, so I, so I should probably stop smacking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, have you been, though? We've, we've missed you here at Pure Evil MMA. I uh, know. I haven't talked to you guys, but I'm still smacking on my wings. <laughs> so, Mercy. Not a whole lot has changed. <laughs> still do the same thing. Lemon pepper, y'all. Lemon pepper. Oh, you know what? Last night I tried lemon pepper uh, Cape Cod chips, and they're actually pretty banging. I told y'all we in the South, and in the South, they got something called fetch, right? And that's lemon pepper with hot sauce. That is only something that you get in the South. I'll eat hot sauce on anything. It's a South South flavor. Yes. I need to get them fried hard. Lemon pepper flats. You know what? When I was down in Florida a couple of years ago, I I, tried, I think it was called jambalaya or, or something. Jambalaya. It's like a soup with a bunch of alligator meat and, and stuff like that. Oh, now see, now you're talking about something different. So you done moved on to a seafood boil, okay, because you didn't you didn't came up with the, the seafood meat. Okay. Is, is it jumbo or what? what is that called with alligator meat in it? It's like a soup. Um country folks i mean <laughs> yeah it's like a. we just call that country folks food yeah that's country folks <laughs> it was actually pretty good i mean i really don't like seafood but that was actually really banging but alligator meat for real for real for real y'all it oh. tastes like chicken like everybody say does it taste like chicken no for real it tastes like chicken i tried it when i was seven or eight years old at a place called tailgaters here in connecticut i don't know if it's still around but i tried it and my dad told me this is alligator i was fired up kind of nervous but you're right. It, it literally tastes just like if chicken. If you just stop thinking about the fact that it's an alligator, it tastes like chicken. It's like <laughs> fried calamari. Like, if you don't think it's an octopus, you're, you're going to yeah, like yeah, if they If they cook it right, it tastes like chicken. <laughs> yeah. So, Mercy. But if they cook it wrong, then, well, I'm sorry for you. Um, that You just had a really bad experience, and that that's your bad because you went to the wrong restaurant. And I could have probably told you a better restaurant to go to than the one you went to. That's what 
I realize that a lot too myself. Like you can cook better food at home than you could, you know, at a at a restaurant paying a hundred dollars and just wasting all our food. What do you usually cook on fight night? Like what's your go to? I don't cook. What are you talking about, bro? <laughs> what's your like fight night this meal? Is mercy. Like, I don't cook. But since I turned forty two, um, I did have for my forty second birthday, don't forget. I have for my first time the seafood boil. So seafood boil is like my go-to like all the time now. See, I can't get into seafood. It was my seafood. first one when I turned 42. I freak out about seafood. It, it just freaks me out because I, I grew up in the Long Island Sound. I, but I need something that don't have no heads and no eyes on it. Like yeah. it, can't, it can't be like something like freaky. Like I can't eat anything that looks like, like it could look back at me. Because if it looks back at me, I can't eat it. Yeah, I can't eat lobster. I can't eat any any. Yeah, stuff I like used that. to be like a vegetarian. So like, if it looks like that, it used to walk, talk, crawl, or swim, fly. Like I can't eat it because my heart is just gonna be like, oh my god, we killed it. We take um, a lot of that as for long granted. As it just looks like meat, then I don't care. But if it looks like yeah, we did something to it, then yeah. And you yeah, know how I, I am <laughs> with, with animals too, like. You know, I, I was just telling you, and for my listeners out there, I had like 86 pet rats here in the studio. You would see them running behind me all the time. And I had to call a place to come, uh, you know, foster them to homes. Mercy, I got three rats left now. Uh, three? Three. I only have three left what now. What happened to the rest of them? You gave them away? I had to call a foster place, and now they're all fostered to uh, different homes. Uh, between Maine and Connecticut and New York and, and all in between, which w- was a big plus because now I'm able to kind of focus more. Um, it, it was getting out of hand. And my point to that is... Yeah, you had 86, so that was a <laughs> bit out of hand. <laughs> That's pure evil really right there. I starting to think, uh, bro. <laughs> I would bring girls over. Mercy, this is great. I would bring girls over and there would just be rats crawling over the bed. Yeah. Like cuddling and with us and honestly, shit. Honestly, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, like I think your rats are really cute, except for from a distance. I think they're cute is what the, what it is. Like if I saw one up close, I'm not really sure I would think the same way. Remember Mayhem um, Miller from uh, Bully Beatdown? Yeah. So Mayhem, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't release the interview because it, it was kind of crazy. Uh, Love Mayhem, one of my childhood idols growing up. But he was talking about it and came up with a great idea. If that ever happens again, I'm going to make, like, a theme park with, like, tunnels so they can, like, run around. Even I don't need 86 now, of them. see, that would be fun to see them go do something. But just for them sitting there looking at me and I'm looking at them, like, I don't really know about that. Um, <laughs> that's kind of creepy. But, bro, like, yeah, if you gave them something else to do, like, that would be cool. So, so listen, Mercy, what, what's changed with you since last so time we BKFC talked? BKFC is back in business. Hey, and thank you for hey, the interview with Reggie. Uh, hooked me up with his manager, Ken. With BKFC. We, we back in the, in the house. They had their fight in, um, where did they have their fight? Mississippi. And the next fight is Daytona, right? Uh, yeah, Florida. That's in where Florida, we're going. September we're going 11th. Florida. You're going there. I'm going. So going. Misfits on the card, Reggie's yes, on the card. Of course, right here live on the Eddie Show, we <laughs> gonna have some fight feed. Hold on, cause I'm going. You, I'm going. Absolutely, I'm going. So, so listen, Mercy. I really want to thank you so much for hooking up that interview with Reggie uh, and, and Kim. How did that come about? 
How, how did? Uh, Reggie is number one contender. Um, and Reggie, when I first met up with him, that was oh my gosh! Like, BFC oh, you met him two? in person? I met I met his family at BKFC two. Wow. Um, a long I mean a long time ago, and uh, Bobby Gunn, I love him to death. I don't Ooh. care what anybody says about him. I love him to death. Um, he always calls me his assistant. <laughs> and so he would tell everybody I was his assistant. So that's, that's kind of how we all got introduced. And then you mix in Ferreira, and she knew them. And so it all just kind of happened that way. Um, and I met them. So we all just wound up. BKFC, I don't know if people know, like, yes, they're all fighters. But, yes, we're all family at the same time, too. So, <laughs> um, so I met them. And, yeah, so they've been looking out for me ever since. And so, you know, I've been um, looking out for Reggie ever since. And, you know, I, 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 I dabble here and there with my, my sponsorships and et cetera, et cetera. But, and brand ambassador, you know, I, I, I do my thing um, for those that I think that are deserving i don't do it for everybody so i hate to just say that that's what i do because i don't want like a flood of emails of people <laughs> asking me if i can like rep them because no that's not really the answer like really i find a fighter and then like because i think we're a match that's, that's kind of awesome. the way it works um but um reggie just happened to be one of those fighters and he is like a go-getter he's positive Interesting he's story too. Always, and he's good in multiple, in multiple different um, combat sports arenas. You know what I mean? So he can fight Muay Thai, he can fight MMA, he can fight. You know what I mean? Like he can fight a few different areas, and he's got a record. Like he got a. And I'm sorry, not Muay Thai. He can box. He does. Um. um MMA, and he also does bare knuckle. Which, so which that's is what he does. Very so impressive. Like some fighters, you know, they they give up just that one sport. You know, I don't have time for for any fighters that if if you can't get your run time down, like I am so tired of saying it. If you can't breathe, then I don't have time for you because you can't fight. Like cardio is everything. So if you can't breathe, you can't fight. So I bet you learned that I'm from Chris. The best coaches, what's the best runtime? And they giving me what your runtime should be, and you not anywhere close to it. My answer is, then you can't fight. <laughs> Why am I wasting my time with you? A fighter's biggest fear, and, and you know what? You know, Cyborg. I'm sure you learned that from Chris because she runs like five miles a day. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody knows I love Chris. Everybody knows I love Cyborg. I mean, listen, but Cyborg goes so hard. I, I hate to even use her as an example because she's so far outside of the box of, like, how hard she's willing to go. Like, that's not even a fair comparison. Even for men, that's not even a fair comparison. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. I don't compare... I don't compare anybody to Chris. I don't expect anybody to do what Chris One does. of the greatest of all time but right there. you got to at least be coming in somewhere close. <laughs> well, let's where, talk about you know, that. Paige Van Zant getting signed to BKFC. You saw that? 
Uh, yeah, I saw that. Paige Van Zandt just got signed yeah. to BKFC, which I'm is excited about it. I, I am too. Uh, I I'm thought excited. it was weird though. I'm not excited about her being a fighter. I'm excited about her being a promoter. I'm excited about her um, expanding the brand. Yeah. I'm excited True. about her um, um, showing the world like what BKFC really is. Hell yeah! So I'm Mercy. excited about that. Hell yeah! But if you if you expect me to, to say that like she can go and stand up with Christine right now? Oh, I wouldn't want to watch that. Absolutely not. Like, she's going to get <laughs> massacred. That's going to be a massacre. However, if she's here to promote the brand and, and to do her thing, I'm all about supporting women. I support women 100%. So, let's go, Paige. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Hey, promote the brand. Let's go. BKFC. We, I, we all love BKFC. Promote the brand. That, that's what you do. I think That's it's so job. wonderful too that but there's. Let's not just act like she about to be like the next. No, she's I don't not see that. Right, standing there and bang with Helen or Christine, with neither one of them, because we need to run that back. Which is, and I need everybody to know that. Like, and I don't manage either one of them, but I need that to be ran back. Uh, Christine and Helen, that needs to be ran back, and I don't have nothing to do with that fight. That fight needs to be ran back. That was the fight of the damn year. <laughs> yeah, that was a, an amazing freaking fight. Miss- that was a, a great fight. We need to run that back. So I, if, if for no other reason, just because it was a great damn fight. <laughs> Mercy, they, they should hire you to just go out and promote because I, I wasn't. Uh, even- they can't hire me. You can't buy Mercy. What are you talking about, bro? bro, bro hashtag bro, you can't bro. buy Mercy. You know, you can't put a price tag on Mercy. Mercy. Well, this is what I love no, about you is that you love no, you no. you you don't you love the violence, but you love more of what really the the sport or basically fighting represents. Nobody can buy me. I mean, you just no being like, you know, a lot of people out there are like, you know, Paige Van Zant, screw her, this and that. You're like, I'm not no, really excited to watch her no. fight. I'm excited to Why see her grow this brand. Hell yeah. Go out there and, and promote the sport and, and get some more people to come watch this sport. Yes, please. Look how <laughs> please many. Please do that. Look how what many big names. Y'all stupid. <laughs> There's been so many big names that have come over to BKFC. Uh, Shamrock tried starting his up. I think he only had one event, but BKFC. You know, every night that there's a UFC event and BKFC's on, there's always two TVs here. And a lot of people online are, are interested more in BKFC, which is... Uh, supr- but the women bring it. I'm not even going to lie. The women, I, I love the guys. And, and Lord knows that I am, I, I have learned about the sport all through Bobby Gunn. And I, I, I've known him for so many years that I can't even say how many years I've known him. And he has taught me all about the sport long before it was ever even legal. I knew about the sport. But the women, since it's actually become legal, have ran this sport. So, bring on the violence. Bring on the blood. Let's go, ladies. Mercy, so we didn't really talk about this or, or talk about talking about this, but... You know, I haven't given anybody an update or really the story on, on Bobby. And Bobby was, I, I brought it up in the last interview that we just did. Uh, you know, my first interview in the MMA scene was with Bobby Gunn. Great guy. Uh, you know, he's reached out to me multiple times. Really nice guy. I mean, so somebody I would leave my child with 
What what's the story here, and, if you don't I mind? I anybody not to think that Bobby is a violent person or anything like that. He is absolutely not, absolutely not. That is the absolute opposite person that I know. I'm just gonna speak from my own experience. Please. I don't know about anybody else's experience. I know about my experience. Okay. The times that I have spent with spent with Bobby, um, yeah, he has been. An awesome mentor, a, a great coach. I mean, and he's real to everybody. He doesn't treat I mean, anybody. He has done. He has gone above and beyond. Yeah. Anything that he was ever required to do, just to help. Uh, yeah. He doesn't um, look at anybody below him. Of fighters that I think are getting like the shaft on their purses, like he has been there to help. Hell yeah. Bobby is. A great guy. And a legend. He got caught up in a situation which lots of us, not just fighters, lots of us can find ourselves in. I am a veteran. Um, We find ourselves in the same situation. What happens is we get ourselves hurt. They push, they, they give us a lot of meds. And they keep pushing meds and meds and meds. And that's the answer, right? Like meds. And then we become some person that we're, we are not. Now, I'm not giving him an excuse. I'm not saying anything because he has not asked me to say anything. You just asked me the question. I'm just answering it. The answer is, if you push enough pills on somebody, they are not the same person that they were before you started pushing them pills on them. That's all I'm saying. So I really love that you brought that up because it really strikes home with me. A lot of my listeners know about my past and, uh, you know, how my heroin addiction started with pills. And I've spoken to numerous fighters about this as well. You know, you, you can't smoke weed. You'll get a lifetime ban like, you know, Nick uh, going down to two years. But you, you can be uh, shoveling opiates into your mouth after every fight. And that's acceptable. You know, so. Right, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, At all. The things that they allow and don't allow make no sense. Like It's like, it's, it's, it's kind of stupid to me. It's just kind of like, what are you talking about? Um, I'm a Marine veteran. Everybody knows that. I mean. And thank you for your I, service. I, well, I assume everybody at this point that listens to this show knows that I'm oh, a they Marine do. veteran. Um, but, yeah. So, they give me all kind of pills for PTSD and mm. all of that, too. But at the same time, I plain just don't take them. Now, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, but I just don't take them because I see too many people wind up in bad situations. And then then what do you do? And what are you going to say? And they, they and if you live in like a state like Georgia, it's written on your license that you have PTSD. Oh wow! It's really? It's written on there. It says you're you're a military vet and you're from this branch. And if you turn it over on the back, it says like what branch you're from. So it says everything like about you. Are you from Georgia? You're that's where you are. No, I'm. I was born and raised in Chicago. That's right. Okay. And I moved here from Indiana, but my MEP station always was Atlanta because I mepped out um, for boot camp. Out of Georgia. I, I just so took a road trip. I always left out of here because I, I had family here. I took a road trip to Georgia uh, about a month and a half ago, right after my birthday in, on, in June. Uh, 
it said 11 hours. Mercy, it took 22 hours to get there. I'm going to tell you right now, the people down there are so nice, uh, even with everything yeah, going on. they're ungodly nice. Like, it, it's almost disturbing to me how nice they are. Like, I know you're that nice, so that's why I find it really funny that we're friends, because you're that nice, and I'm, like, on the complete opposite end. Like, I find <laughs> that, like, disturbing that you're that nice. Like, I'm like, why are you that nice? <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Like, I realized that difference when I went down there. And even a couple of years ago when I went down to Florida, it was just like everyone is they, – they don't look at you to judge you immediately to, you know, put their guard up. They're welcoming with open arms. If you respect them, they'll respect you instead of, you know, uh, looking at you like you're going to wrong them. Like it is up here, which I loved it down there. Hold on. I need to run something down real quick because before Reggie got cut off – we forgot to shout out all of his sponsors. So, hold oh, on. did he send you Let the sponsors? Run down the list. Hold Perfect. on. Perfect. So, we have 757 Boxing, Ginger Ales Lemonade, Tribal Gear International, Cryo Spa, um, Joiners Driving Improvement School, and J&K Style Grill. Those are the ones we missed. So thank you for supporting our fighter. We love you. Thank you. BKFC loves you forever. Like BKFC fighters. You know, Thanks. Okay. Sorry. I needed to put, put Thank that you there. for doing that because I'm also going to put the uh, – I messaged him before I called you. Because he did get cut off just a little bit. He was in the middle of saying what he was saying, and I forgot. I was no, supposed me to and finish his sentence. My phone <laughs> cut him off, and I was like, oh, shit. This happens all yeah, the time. Yeah, so I just wanted to be able to say I finished his sentence. Perfect. Yeah, I'm actually going to have the uh, sponsors down below because sponsors are such a big deal for fighters. They are. It helps. We love our sponsors, right? Like, and you know what's sponsors weird? Sponsors are great. I don't Tribal understand. Tribal International is great. Let me tell you. Tribal International is one of the sponsors that like, I have brought into the U.S. Um, really? And it, it's one of the ones that I deal with. And their products are great. Reggie has tested their products. Um, they, they do a, a fantastic job. Um, and they, they will do sponsorships. It's just, you know, who is your fighter? What is their record? That kind of thing, you know, but, um, but everybody needs to know about like how to get a sponsor. I mean, that's, but that's my job. That's, that's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> what, what exactly? It's supplements. It's tribal international. And they do sporting goods. Okay. So, boxing gloves, t-shirts, uh, mouth guards, um, all the stuff they need to fight with. They they do that. So, I'll actually have that link down below as well. I'm trying to find it right now. Tribal Sports Group. I thought I sent it to you, but maybe I didn't. But if I didn't, I will. We'll fight. Um, but you know, yeah, it's definitely on, on Reggie's page. It's Tribal International is what it is. Going back to what I was saying about, about sponsors is it, it frustrates me how the UFC does not allow it on on shorts or a t-shirt or you you even be able to wear a hat. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's some crap because you need them. Like, Give them one or two. Uh, you, you, know? you need sponsors. Like you can't, you can't actually be a, fi a pro fighter. Not to, and function without sponsors. You're not like, getting paid to the work. full potential. Yeah. But yet the octagon is covered 
and sponsors it in between a fight if, for the main they event. They have their sponsors, but they don't want you to have yours. Yeah. Which makes no sense to me. Before the main event, you, you got to sit there and wait for Bruce Buffer to announce how this fight's brought to you. Uh, yeah, he's got he's got to announce like 15 sponsors, but you can't have like one or two. Like, that makes no sense to me. That's why, like, honestly, I'm just done with UFC. Like, honestly, I... I I'd be hard-pressed to represent a UFC fighter because I just can't represent that. Like, that's not... It goes against everything I believe in. Like, the fighter doesn't make enough money. They don't make... And and everybody's going to be mad at me about this one. The fighter doesn't make enough money. They don't get enough in, in sponsorships. There's not enough that honestly goes around for the fighter to actually do what their job is, which is to go fight. <laughs> and I can understand like their point because, uh, you know, for, for a long time, there were sponsors that were inappropriate, but at least give them one or two approved sponsors to put on their shorts. It's for them to make a little bit more money to reach the potential because it makes so much difference there when you break down. There used to be a time where boxers were fighting for $500 or $200 or something like that. But that's what your purse is, but that's not what your sponsorship um, potential is. That's just what your purse is. If you can sell yourself, then you can sell yourself for more, way more than what your purse is. And that's all, what I always try to teach fighters is don't look at what your purse is. Look at what you can sell yourself for. If you can sell yourself for more because you're worth more, because obviously you have the record to, to, to back it up, then okay, well then let's roll with that. But if you don't, then, yeah, the only people that benefit from what the UFC is saying is people that can't sell themselves. If you can't sell yourself, then, yeah, you benefit from UFC style. It, it, that, that's, the way, that, that's the way it works. It's greedy. It really is. It's, it's so greedy, even other big MMA promotions. Because I don't know of any fighters that could make, that, that would make less if they couldn't have Reebok or whoever they have as, as their sponsor. Think about how much the fighters have to pay for. They got to pay for the nutritionist. They got to pay for the gym. They got to pay for... Yeah, but people don't know how much that stuff costs. That a stuff lot. costs a lot. A lot. I, I, only have, I only have a trainer. I only have a pro trainer. And my pro trainer is... It, 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 trust me. Most people would be like, are you crazy? <laughs> because of what I pay per hour to go see the pro trainer. And that's for a couple hours a week. You know what I mean? Like, so the idea that these folks have to go for more than a few hours to a few different pro trainers. Yeah. Because you're not going to go to one. I only go to my Muay Thai trainer. But they got to go to Muay Thai. They got to go to the BJJ trainer. They got to go to the wrestling trainer they got to go to the boxing trainer i mean you you got to go to a few different trainers in order to like make it all work and all come together if you fight in mma um in 2016 how does that even work? 2016 they even threw in movement coaches remember that Edo portal with uh, conor mcgregor playing right. touch button in the park Right. For that. <laughs> and then you got to pay for the nutritionist and then you got to pay for the, 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 the person who's going to come help you cut weight. And, and by the time you get done with paying for everybody, like for real, for real, if you're just an average fighter and the managers, you got to pay the manager too. 
Or did you pay us to fight? <laughs> yeah, you got to pay the pay, manager. Did you pay it's fans crazy. to fight? Because I'm not really understanding. What did you make? It's sad, man. It, it really is. Because the math doesn't work out to me. And, and I'm just looking at it as a business person. The math does not work out to me. So I make sure that the people I work with, that they come out on ahead of where they're supposed to be. But, I mean, I'm not doing that for everybody. I'm tired. I'm old. So please, Lord, don't it's call It's a privilege. <laughs> it's a privilege. All I'm going to do is pass you off to somebody else. But, <laughs> but at this point, yeah. Um, no. So, uh, it, but it makes no sense. So, Mercy, my phone's on 3%. So let, let's talk for two more minutes. I got something exciting to tell you. I got ranked so, number 101 on Apple iTunes for sports recently. Oh, that's exciting. Hell yeah, right? And we got Reggie September 11th. Hell yeah. So, I, you know what? Let's talk about Reggie really quick. You're traveling down there to... Uh, I am going to see Reggie fight. Okay. I absolutely will be in his corner. I absolutely do support him. I absolutely, whatever he needs, I got it. What's got it like it. for people who've never been to a to an event? Because we got so many new listeners now. Maybe some of them haven't been to an MMA or, it or is bare knuckle. Nothing like being there in person. Um, in person is completely different than on TV because in person you hear everything, you see everything, and you're just like, oh my god, like. Did that just happen? And then you're like watching the cameras to see the replay um, because, yeah, it happens just that fast. And, and the it people fast and you got to watch. The energy is so hype, too. And then I, you know what I always think about is how and the these... whole city is hype about the fights. The how, whole city is hype. So I assume if we're going to Daytona, all the Daytona oh, is about to be hype about the fights. Have you ever been there before, Daytona? I haven't been to Daytona, actually. Um, I mean, other than for bike shows, but not for a fight show. So, Mercy, you got you got to take photos and everything for us. I absolutely will, and I will be coming to you live for that Evil Eddie show. I will bring it to you live. Listen, I'll bring it to you let's live. talk I about that. I live broadcast it from my phone. Let's let's Probably. talk about that after the event. You should call into the fo- call into the show. I'll do a live show. And I will get you some interviews. I will get you everything. Hell Eddie. yeah, Mercy. I, everything is coming to you. Hell I, yeah. Everything I can bring you, I will bring you. <laughs> You're the best. It's Mercy, coming. thank you so much for joining me once again. We got to get you back on, uh, b- not only before that show, because we love hearing from you. We always have a good talk. So listen. Absolutely, Eddie. Where can people you. find you now? On Facebook, and Instagram? And they can still find me on uh, Facebook. I'm only on Facebook right now. Okay. On Facebook, and my Facebook is Mercy KD. All right. I'll have that link down below. Mercy, thank you so much. I love you. I'll talk right, to you. I love you, and I'll see you guys soon. All right. I'll talk to you after I finish this up. All right. All right. Bye. Love you. Bye. Guys, I, I love the support for Period MA. Mercy has been one of my favorite people. Been doing nothing but support. Pure Evil MMA, and it's been years. It's been years. She set up tonight's interview uh, with Kim B to get Reggie on. You guys have called out to fighters to come on the show. Without you, it's hard to get out of bed. Today was a really hard day. I didn't even know if I wanted to do the show. I know it's been a minute. I've been going through a hard time. Um, today's the anniversary of my girlfriend who passed away 10 years ago, and it's, it's a hard day, man. 
Uh, not only that, it's my mom's birthday every year at this time. So it's always weird going through uh, difficulties, not just in life, but, um, you know, th these little anniversaries. And uh, I, I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. We got a thousand new subscribers. And this is what makes this sport so amazing is the community. Uh, we don't tune in to watch the violence. We tune in to watch the stories uh, that, that make us believe in ourselves as human beings. Uh, we, we watch it because we realize it doesn't matter if you're from Chicago, Florida, Connecticut, Brazil, uh, Ireland, Australia. We all have a heart. We all have a drive of determination. We're all dealing with things. And... It's just crazy after six years how much or how many people have reached out to me that uh, really appreciate my story. And that's why I reach out to fighters who have a good story to tune in because you get invested with it. And that goes back to uh, the question of the week, which was what are some good fights to show someone who has never watched MMA? Now is the best time to be tuning in uh, to mixed martial arts. Even though it's been a really weird year, we're seeing a lot of newcomers. If you watch this week's Dana Way Susan Knight Contender Series, the two brothers that are coming through, uh, there, there's stories out there that get you invested. And that's the point of this show, is to get you guys invested in, in some fighters that you do and don't know. Uh, going back to Ian Heinish uh, that we had on when he got signed to the UFC uh, after knocking out my boy, Justin Sumpner. And these are some of the most inspirational words I've, I've ever heard. So before we end the show, let me just uh, replay this clip from uh, Ian Heinish. I believe this was about 2017. Here we go. A message for anyone out there, a young kid that may be going through hard times and they, they see somebody like you, they see your story. Do you have a message to not give up or, or, or what would you say to somebody right now that was in your shoes? Yeah, you know, I mean, just look at it like as that you're never too far gone. Like, I mean, I was in a prison cell in a foreign country, you know, with no hope and, and nothing going on for me uh, four and a half years ago. And now I'm in the UFC in the top 20. And so no matter what race you are, gender, nationality, your upbringing, I mean, it's never too late. Your age, it doesn't matter. Just just find find a relationship with God. Find your destiny, your path, and, and follow that out. And, I mean, he'll be along the way helping you make the right decisions. And... I mean, hard work pays. It's 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 so cliche, but it's it's the truth, and it's it's about being consistent and uh, dedicating your life to something that you want so bad. And uh, if anyone's out there struggling, just know that there's hope. You have a message for anyone. There you guys go, and that's the meaning of pure evil on May. It's not pure evil. It's pure Eddie Vileko. E for Eddie V I L Vileko. Pure evil MMA, and that's what I'm giving you guys. So anyone out there. Uh, had a rough week, got yelled at by your boss. Maybe you, you walked inside, step on dog shit. We're all going through it. But we can all unite, watch fights, and see stories that inspire us to make us feel more human because we're all human. We all rest our heads on a pillow at night. And with that being said, guys, this episode is brought you to by our sponsor, Hero Soap Company. And this really means a lot hero soap uh made by vets for vets for the homeless vets out there and with 
this virus going around, whether you believe in it or not, even if it's not there. There's veterans out there that are struggling, that made a sacrifice from their life, took years out of their lives, the most important years of their lives where they're supposed to grow, to go defend our freedoms, for us to be able to listen to this podcast, for us to, for our freedoms, if you don't know what our freedoms are, um, count your blessings. This episode is brought to you by Hero Soap and use hashtag PureVet for a discount. I'll have that link down below. Remember, without evil, there's no purity. White knuckles to the end. Behave yourselves. Thank you.